beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. what's going on this is nubia and today we have a special guest today oh my gosh i forgot <laughs> Francis. it's okay because you know this is what happens you know she just usually forgets i'm here i don't forget you know <laughs> it's all good i'm Francis, everyone <laughs> oh my gosh my bad all right mm-hmm. so i should do this properly all over again what's going on everybody this is nubia and I'm Francis. And we have a special show with you for you guys today. I apologize. Today is just one of these days. It's been a long day, you guys. Like, seriously. So, but anyway, I was excited I was excited to get home because I've been wanting to get this person on the show for a while. And the crazy thing about it is I was nervous and I was telling Francis, I was like, I gotta reach out to him. And I'll, I'll just wait, I'll just wait. And then finally I was like, you know what? Better now than never, I'm just gonna do it. So today we have Richard Conte, the Haitian nomad. Richard, what's good? Good morning, y'all. Hi, everybody. Hey, Richard. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. He saw me. <laughs> but it's funny that you say that, you know, you were nervous because I feel like I'm the one that should be interviewing you for taking such a leap and like moving to Thailand. Oh, man, I'm not doing anything that a lot of people haven't already done. But you became a full time entrepreneur. That is like a dream for a lot of us that really start a business and want to take it full time. And you just did that. So kudos and to you like you're, everything you're doing is amazing and you're not even just doing it for yourself you're bringing along people you're educating people you're doing so many things and we're going to dive into all of that so i just want you to know that you are being watched by many and we appreciate the work that you do for real. it's inspirational I appreciate it's good stuff. so with that said richard tell us what you were doing prior to becoming a full-time entrepreneur so it's interesting because a lot of people usually think that once you take that leave, it's because you weren't happy with your job or for some other reason, you just decided to quit your job. And for me, it was never any of that. I actually like really loved my job. I was working for a human rights organization. We were taking care of like immigrants that were coming here because they were persecuted in their country. And personally, I was working anti-Semitism, foreign policy, and helping to combat human trafficking. So To me, it was very inspiring work. It was very meaningful. So it wasn't something that I wasn't happy with. And that was actually a struggle for me to to pick which side I was going to do full time. But uh, the most important thing is that I follow my heart and I follow my passion. And I dedicated my time to Haitian Nomad. That's what's up. And it's great how you took your passion and created this empire doing exactly what you love. And how did Haitian Nomad begin? It's interesting because when a couple of years back, I used to work at a hotel during the recession after I graduated college. And of course, nobody was hiring. I would sit and send 
emails and emails of applications and you wouldn't hear back from anybody. So I decided to, instead of searching my, my, for my degree or anything related to my degree, I decided to start looking for things that I enjoyed doing. So in the search boxes, I would put international traveling. And one day at two o'clock in the morning, I found this uh, post on Craigslist that promised me to pretty much travel the world and get paid to build homes and schools for the homeless, work with endangered animals, and basically going scuba diving every day. And of course, being on Craigslist, I'm thinking this has to be fake. Anyway, I applied for it. Within a couple of hours, I got an email. They liked my resume and decided to do a phone interview. Pretty much everything was real. I got to travel throughout the United States, Canada, and then if you were a good recruiter, you were basically chosen to be a team leader on a project site, and I was chosen to be a team leader in Cambodia. So I spent some time in Cambodia going scuba diving and building coral reefs. And from there, after traveling for so long, I decided to come back to New York and I got a full-time position where I was working before. Now, because of all this travel, my friends would be like, oh, there goes the nomad, there goes the nomad. And it just became, oh, it's the Haitian nomad. So from there on, the idea of like the Haitian nomad came, but it wasn't uh, so much as something that I was looking to do full-time or any kind of entrepreneurial spirit or anything like that. Now, from there, I, um, I went to Haiti and there was another friend who decided to do like a, some kind of Haitian party, Haitian food celebration, and we decided that we were going to do it in Haiti. And who was the person that was chosen to host it? It was me. Fun. Before you know it, 45 people booked their tickets to Haiti and I was coordinating logistics. Yeah, that's stressful. People don't understand. They think it's all funny games. Event planning is no joke. Yes, <laughs> indeed. But. So, Richard, you are multilingual as well. How many languages do you speak? I speak English, of course. I speak French. I speak Haitian Creole. I speak Spanish. And I know basic Khmer from Cambodia. Nice. Nice. Go ahead with your bad self. That's dope. A black man, bilingual, traveling the world. How many countries have you been to, right? Oh, matter of fact, you know what? This is a good little segue. <laughs> that, well, no, not yet, because I still, let's save that for a little bit. We'll, we'll have okay, a meeting to okay. a little bit later. We do want to say congratulations on all of your accolades, especially your recent nomination for Diaspora Engagement to Haiti Award. So, Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. It's crazy that you mentioned that because so I got that email and I had literally booked a trip to Paris like two days before. So I will be in Paris during that time. And it falls like in the middle of the, the trip oh to Paris. God. I'm like, really? So now I'm going to have to pretty much fly back to D.C. because, you know, this is I, I really can't pass on that. So I'm going to have to fly to Paris, from Paris to D.C. to, to get the award. Got to do what you got to do. But, you know, it's, it's it's amazing, though. Tell us, like, how many countries have you been to so far? Honestly, I, I think I've <laughs> I've lost count, but I think I'm somewhere between 50 and 60. OK. And you lived in how many? Well, three pretty much uh, here in the States, Haiti and Cambodia. Got it. OK, nice. But I have to say it is it's constantly something on my mind where like I'm like, OK, well, I love New York because of the convenience of things, the access to the rest of the world and stuff like that. But I'm a tropical baby. So I need, I need my summer weather. I need my hot 90 degrees. 
Um, so people always ask me, like, you know, where would you move to if you have if you had to right now? Honestly, for me, like the one place that always comes to mind is Saint Martin. Mm, never been. Sounds beautiful. Yeah, I'm struggling over here in Japan. Uh, probably people are tired of me talking about it, but uh, I'm freezing my butt off here, and I'm I'm done. I'm done. I love St. Martin. I love it. It's so much fun. It has everything and it. it has like this karaoke culture. I don't know about the food per se because we just kind of ate just to eat, but it wasn't any like delicacy type food. And you know how much I love food, but I loved taking the boat over to Anguilla, which has one of the most pristine beaches that I've ever seen in my life, Shoals Bay. And I can't get enough of that beach. It's absolutely stunning. So I concur when it comes down to St. Martin, because you can be on a Dutch side, you can be on a French side, and there's just so much to see and do. It's really fun. And on top of that, for me, is I love that there's great connection to the U.S. and also great connection to, the, to Europe and like the rest of the Caribbean. Yeah, that easy access is definitely makes a difference, really does, especially if you have folks at home in the year. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. So with as many countries have you visited, what still leaves you in awe? Like, what can't you get enough of? That is actually a really great question. What leaves me in awe is no matter how much, how different every place is, just the way that people do things different, differently in so many different places. By the end of the day, we all have our own ways to like look for happiness, which is always kind of like the same thing. Like everybody wants to live in peace, provide for their family and just enjoy life. So... It's just a different way of doing it in each place. So that for me is very, um, it's very nice to see and experience in different places. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we're still interconnected and we're still just having the human experience. That's true. Okay, so I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm burning up inside. Francis, I got to go for it. I got to go for it. All right, segueing into the fun questions. Go ahead. Oh, I feel like I know where this is going. Get ready, Richard. So, Richard, tell our listeners, what's going on with your caramel behind? You single? You dating? You married now? What you doing, though? So, I have to say that during this very time-consuming, and I'm away a lot, especially now. Because Okay, before, people, when you have a job, people see it as more that you're stable. And when you become an entrepreneur, people think, okay, well, especially doing what I do, people think, well, you're going to have more free time. But no, it's actually the other way around. So, I have almost no time. I'm constantly working. I'm constantly traveling, but I do feel like people make the time for the things that they love. So just like I find the time to make time for Haitian Nomad, I do have somebody that I do make time for. Mm, lucky, lucky lady. Go ahead. Hey girl, you lucky. So yeah. So, um, yeah. So my girlfriend is, uh, she's like, the funny thing is she was actually, she's actually born from, in Paris mm-hmm. and she is, Haitian, she is French Asian and she hadn't been home in 15 years. So a couple months back, I actually took her back to Paris. That is so sweet. You know how many women, right? You know how many women right now listening? Well, going to be listening, talking about some, oh, then they're going to look at their man like, I want to go. <laughs> you Paris. see what Rich is doing for his woman? Well, you know, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do because what I do is very demanding in, in terms of time. And you sometimes you can't really choose 
when you do certain things. So for my birthday, I was away. For Christmas, I was away hosting in, in Cambodia. When I came back, it was her birthday and I had to plan something and be in Miami. But I, I make up all of this. I took her to, to Guadalupe, just me and her. I was like, listen, I'll, I'll turn off my phone. I won't answer no emails or anything like that. So I'll give you all my time and stuff like that. And she said to me, she said, as much as you're away and we're not together all the time, but I feel like that, I don't feel like you're gone that much because when we are together, I feel like you're whole and you don't sacrifice that time that we have together. Oh, shit. You, you stirring that pot. You stirring that pot. He's like, I'm going to turn off my phone. I ain't answering no email. Every woman in the world right now is going to be like, look, when we get together, I need your phone. Turn it off. <laughs> Don't be doing this. Don't be doing that. No, that's awesome. I, I love the way you put that because people do make time for the things that they love. So when people say, I don't have time to talk or I don't have time to see you, it, that just means that you're, they're not making time for you. So I appreciate that. Exactly. And you should never be secondary to somebody. Yeah. And it's, especially when you do this, like you have to constantly be on the phone, sending an email, responding to somebody and like you, cause you're trying to, to tap into like everything. Cause listen, these bills need to be paid. Absolutely. So now that you're an entrepreneur and you have a demanding job, what advice would you give to anyone who is up and coming entrepreneur who, who wants to do maybe something similar to what you're doing or just be an entrepreneur? What would you say to them? Just like I, I mentioned before, I think the first thing is to you have your mindset has to be passion over profit. If you don't love what you're doing, you're just doing it for the business side. When things go wrong, you're just going to hate your job and you're going to hate the process. Another thing is the secret for me in all this is you have to find something that you're really good at or something that is quote unquote yours. Although I do trips to different places, there's other people that do the same thing. But what sets you apart from everybody else? What is the one thing that people come to you for? And for me, you know, I and all these travel groups, you mentioned Haiti and people are tagging me and everything. So the people know that when it comes to Haiti, like you go to Richard. And not only that, you need to have really good connections. And for that, you can't be shy on like jumping on on board when it comes to, to certain things in these locations. I don't do trips to any place where I don't know the country very well, or I don't have like great connections there that can take care of things on the ground for me. So to me, those are the most important things. Good, good, good. And let me just tell you right now, that drone game stepped your whole shit up, buddy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Don't you love that? That's right. I mean, exactly. So you, I'm glad you, you brought that up because what I realized is that People don't read anything. So you can sit here and put everything down on paper. People are not going to read it. So you have to go over something visual. And the better the visual, the more attention people are going to pay to it. That's true. Except for Francis reads everything. Let me tell you, Francis tags me I'm an and sends me links to everything. She even said last night, she was like, I'm going to send you this link to this article. And I know you always put it off. Can you please read it this time? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Another link. <laughs> I'm an anomaly. I will read everything. <laughs> Lengthy articles. Yeah. So we have another. Do we want to do a fun question or a serious question? 
No, no, no. Let's stay with the fun questions. Because I was like, I couldn't wait to get you on the show, right? Because I, I, I'm always laughing at Francis's behind because she's every episode, Fran, every episode, Richard, this girl talks about Haitian food. She'd be like, I miss my Haitian food. I miss my Haitian food. So what is your favorite Haitian dish? Oh, that is easy. So I, I love the Jojo rice, black rice. Mm. Yes, the, the fried pork grill. So I, I won't say sweet plantain, but out what they call button pizza, which is like fried plantain, and with a side of macaroni, which is kind of like mac and cheese, just made a oh man specific way. Man, oh man! So that she over there having issues. <laughs> <laughs> so that with champagne cola that we call cola kuwad is mm-hmm. hands down my favorite. See, I'm a legume girl. Give me some legume and some du blanc and sauce Yeah, that's me yes. too. So. <laughs> so that was just right, white rice and beans, guys, and, and a vegetable uh, stew. stew. There we go. Shape it! I keep you telling my cousin. I tell my cousin, yo, just make it pot and just ship it. So we've been trying to figure <laughs> that out. Freeze bag. I don't even know. Dry ice. Something. <laughs> <laughs> or some patient patties or something. <laughs> so if you have any ideas, please let us know. Yeah, if you have if you have any ideas on how to get Haitian food over across the world, let me know. Let us know because Francis needs it. Please. So let me ask you, Richard, <laughs> yeah. um, what's something that your family family won't ever stop talking about? Because you know, like Haitians love holding on to stuff. It's funny that I see all these videos made about Haitian parents and and all that. And I have to say, like, even I, even if I grew up in Haiti, I do not have the typical Haitian parents. Mm, oh, please do tell. Because those videos be funny as, oh my gosh, they be hilarious. <laughs> as Haitian, I can relate to them because I know a lot of it is the reality, but I, parents were never the typical Haitian parents. There's not really something I would say that my parents, like, never stopped talking of. I can tell you that they put me on the spot a lot, talking about how proud they are of me. And, you know, every conversation with your friends, like, oh, my son is like traveling the world and he's you know, giving back to Haiti and doing this and that. That's awesome. And it makes me blush <laughs> and kind of like raises the bar for me. Yeah, I, I really couldn't pinpoint one thing that's like typical Haitian parents. Okay. I had one. Uh, so before my father passed away, he would always talk about, because I got pregnant when I was younger and he was like still upset about it. And I'm like, he's going to college if we're fine like we did it right. <laughs> like he can, he can let it go now it's okay and <laughs> he just would not let it go <laughs> and we used to still crack up about it all day long yeah that's not something that i can say that um i go through oh, you are an anomaly then for sure another fun question we have is if you were to have a debut album what would you name it you know i had a debut did album, you really actually. and you were a singer Okay. Yes. I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm not a singer, but me and my brother and some of my friends actually had a band. So we played, of course, Haitian music, compa. So we got a chance to like play throughout like the Haitian community and we called it Nuive, which translates into nice. We Are Here. Until this day, you know, I have friends. I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, this is my favorite song, blah, 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 from the album. Those were fun times. But back then I had more time. You know, we were, we would get together on Saturdays and pretty much like play. That's awesome. Nuive, huh? Remind me of a... Isn't there another Haitian group called Nuive, Nuive Jean? No? I don't know. Not that I know of. But that, that was the name of the album. Um, the name of the band was Melody. Nice. Well, check you out. You are just like a jack of all trades, huh? Seriously. 
So when the book coming out? Listen, you have to be out there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, that has been a burning question that some people have been asking me. So I have to admit, I hate writing. So people are usually like, well, you can get somebody else to write it. And I think that um, beyond just the traveling, my story is one, I can say like, quote unquote, the American dream. Not forcibly in, in terms of like wealth, but like how everything came about for me is almost like everything has been a miracle. It has been. I mean, everything, I, you know, I, we do believe, I know Nubi and I believe in divine intervention and, and things are in place for you once you commit to something, you know. Right. Just to give you like a little cliff note, I remember when I lost my job and I was, this was like somewhere around Hurricane Sandy. And I remember I was, I was collecting unemployment and there was one day after I paid all my bills, I had $6 to my name, $6. And I remember wanting to like eat like a, like a good meal. And basically if I spent those $6, I would have to, to figure it out for another week. And so basically my choices were to get like some good Chinese food or get some peanut butter and a, a loaf of bread that would at least last me a couple of days. So of course, obviously I went with the bread and the peanut butter sandwich. And I'll never forget that day because I remember the first time I got a paycheck after that, my paycheck, I think was like $1,500 and I held those $1,500. Like I never wanted to go back to those $6, but I went from having $6 in my name to getting a job on Craigslist that was paying me to travel the world. Nice. It's an incredible story. It is. And you're good because I would have took that six dollars and got me some bomb ass Chinese food. I'm just (laughs) but I'm just greedy. I'm just greedy like that. (laughs) I like to eat. Yeah, but I'm I'm also the kind of person where when facing adversity, I don't sit there and play the victim to the situation. I automatically jump into solution mode and like think, okay, how what do I have to do to move forward and get out of there? I love that. I think that's great advice because I think often what we do is we think of, oh, it's a problem. We think of the barriers. But if you stick with a solution-focused mentality, you will find the solution. Absolutely. Yep. And there's always a way out. Sometimes, you know, some of my friends, you know, they'll talk about their struggles and stuff like that. And sometimes it's hard for me to relate because I'm such a, you need to get up and get this done kind of person, like find a way and like, just make it happen. I mean, talking about Craigslist, there's like a free section on Craigslist. People are like getting rid of stuff that you can get and like find a way to resell and all of that. Yeah. And I was one of those people when I was trying to get to Thailand, I was like, let me get rid of some stuff. So you're right. Utilize your resources. I tell people that all the time. And I love the fact that you are able to be a catalyst, you know what I mean? To let people know, to go out there and make it happen. It's crazy, right? So a young guy reached out to us. What was it yesterday, Francis? When he emailed us asking us to be a guest on our show. Yeah, his story is so it's so like it's so motivating. I don't want to really tell, but I'm gonna give you a little bit. Just put it like this. He moved out of the country. He seen an opportunity. He went for it. He was rejected. He sought a solution and ended up landing the job. And now he manages a whole department in the company that turned him down initially. But he knew what his worth was. He knew that he wanted this opportunity and he fought for it. 
And I mean, the perseverance and the determination is sick. And I was just like, oh, for sure, he needs to be on the show. And to hear to hear you say like you had your last few dollars and when you made that money, it was like, oh, my gosh, it was something to hold on to or something to value. A lot of people out here don't value money. They just use money as a, a means to get the next latest best thing. And people don't understand, especially when you move out of the country, you don't realize how much stuff you really don't need. I'm going to add something to that. This is a very unpopular opinion that you really don't hear people uh, saying or anything like that. But when you're going through rough times, when you're going through a situation, like I was telling you, like when I had those six hours, you need to embrace those times. And I say this because you will learn so much from these moments when everything is going right. Like you're, you're on this high, but when things are like, messy and you know you're going through a hard time this is when you need to look like deep inside of you and see how strong you are and like find solutions so that when you're when you're going through good times and you know something happens you know how to react to it i totally agree with that because i think it's through adversity where you build those skill sets so that you can deal with whatever comes along it's like a muscle and if you don't embrace it each tragic moment that happens, you're just going to collapse. It's, it's kind of like, you know, if you look at my um, my Facebook page and uh, the Haitian Nomad page, you look at the reviews, it's like I have close to like 60 perfect reviews. But then like, you know, when I reach out to people, I'm like, okay, I, I want to know what you didn't like. I want to know what what you feel like needed to, to be worked on. What could have, what message would you pass on to the next person coming on this trip? Because that's what I really need to know to make uh, arrangements to make it even better and that's how you grow the feedback it matters so it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel we believe traveling is an investment in you so our mission is to inspire you to book that flight check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure and our hope is to ignite connections all over the world So Richard, let me ask you, what advice would you give to somebody who is either thinking about traveling or even moving abroad or, to, you know, who are just really hesitant about taking these risks? The first thing that comes to mind is just do it. But um, if you just want to travel, I say, of course, like do your research. They say it's different for men and women. If you're a woman, I would say one of the things that you can do, I know if you have an iPhone, you can share your location with somebody that you trust. So they, you know, they have an idea of where you are, where you've been and stuff like that. But you just have to do your research and pretty much just do it. One of the best traveling experiences of my life was when I pretty much left the U.S. and I went on a solo Euro trip to 15 cities. And I, and I met so many people. I saw so many things. It was just like a life changer. If you want to move to a different country, I think you guys are probably the best to advise on that. But I would, it's kind of like the same thing. You have to do a lot of research. You have to really know yourself, know your limits, know what you can take in doses before you take like such a big leap. I love it. And I think that's perfect advice. Sure. I don't know nothing about moving abroad. I'm just, this is, I'm really, this is all trial and error. <laughs> this, this is my first rodeo. No, but um, no, I love it. I love it. I mean, this is the reason why we created the podcast. People reached out on 
I mean, almost daily in my DMs asking questions about moving abroad. And you want to touch everybody that you can and let them know that you don't have to be the person like I was who lost my job and ended up moving abroad, but you can be that person that comes and stays for a few weeks or a month. I'm meeting a lot of people that are taking sabbaticals from work. That's going to be a whole nother segment. You know, we could talk about how you can actually still keep your stability in the States and move abroad for a temporary amount of time. But overall, do you see yourself leaving the States and moving to another country? I, you know, I, I have been thinking about it. I think it's important for me to find a place where I can still run my business, um, preferably somewhere that has a great airport and, of course, like good. It's like a, a melting pot, just like New York. Well, I can tell you one thing: Chiang Mai is really cool. <laughs> it's really no Thailand is really cool. It's really cool out here. I really enjoy it, and it's accessible to many places in Southeast Asia. I don't know about getting over to Haiti from here, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that might, right. that might be a little bit of a too much. <laughs> but Richard, no, thank you so much for being on Chronicles Abroad. We totally appreciate you. It was fun. I'm happy that as soon as, uh, no, can I just say this? <laughs> so when I said I was nervous about asking you and I'm on, I, I'm, in this, I'm in this mode right now where I'm just like, you know what? A closed mouth don't get fed. Let me just go ahead and just ask. So I sent you the email and your response was, really, Nubia? <laughs> Of course. And I was like, oh, yay. And I was just like, okay, Nubia, stop being so damn scary. But um, I just want to thank you, Francis, and I thank you, our listeners. Thank you. And you will see Chronicles Abroad in Haiti with yes. the Haitian Nomad in yes. 2019. We claim it. We claiming it, for real. Honestly, the pleasure was all mine. And, you know, it's an honor to, to speak to you guys, especially um, you guys are out there doing the things that you're inspiring people to do. It would be, of course, a pleasure to host you guys in Haiti. Maybe even like a, a video episode of Chronicles of Broad. Mm. Top of Citadel or something like that. I like how you're um, thinking. I like how you're thinking. So, Richard, what are, you, sorry, what are you currently working on now? And how can people reach out to you and, and get in touch? So I have a lot going on right now. So um, I will be hosting a trip with another group this week in Cap Haitian. At the end of the week, of course, like I said, I'm going to a wedding in Thailand, which is personal. I have a trip to Cap Haitian in April. It's April 18th to the 22nd. I have another trip to Jacques Mel, which is one of the most artistic cities in Haiti, which is going to be for uh, Memorial Day weekend. I always do a weekend trip to Montreal. It's a road trip to Canada in June. In June also, I am going to host a trip in Central Pay in the south of France. After that, I have Cuba, which is one of my most popular trips for Liberty Day weekend. I have another trip in October in Paris. And I host... Haiti, the, the, the white dinner, Dinner Blanc in Haiti. And my biggest trip will be Egypt at the end of the year for New Year's Eve. People can reach out to me on Facebook, the Haitian Nomad. I'm the Haitian Nomad on all social media. Haitian Nomad on Instagram, Haitian Nomad on Facebook. Francis. Yo. You are not. I think I'm leaving you and moving over. I think I'm moving over to October. Listen. I, I heard you, but I was friendship. about to say like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm excited. excited. 
you so crazy because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there like, Richie, you need a cold traveler? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be like, bye, Francis, I gotta go. Because <laughs> you're going to be everywhere. Is this all in 2018? That's right. It's going to be all in 2018. I also uh, forgot to mention that for my Paris trip for next month, I am giving away a free trip to Paris. Yeah, so I did this quote unquote contest where you had to nominate a friend that you felt deserved to win a free trip to Paris. And you had to tell me why they deserve to win this free trip. And basically giving you a way to pay it forward to somebody that you feel has been a great friend or deserves something like this. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Is that okay with you if we try to bump this up? That's perfect. The only reason why I asked is because I was going to say, so with the contest, what I, I have a surprise that's like an extra. So what I'm going to do is even though that you had to pretty much nominate a friend that you felt deserved to win this trip, I'm going to have a twist where I'm going to bring you and a friend. What? That's awesome, Richard. It inspires people to be selfless and, and see how much, you know, paying forward can repay you. I love, I cannot wait for CA to go to Haiti with the Haitian nomad and just do, I mean, seriously, like uh, we're going, we're going to make this happen. You understand? We're going to look at our calendars. You got to let us know when the next trip for 2019 is so we can get our coin together. I'm already thinking about it. I might actually bring my son. He graduates next year. So depending on when you guys are doing it, it might be perfect. The first one that I'll be doing next year will be around this time. The Jacmel, because they, they have the carnival in Jacmel, which is the most colorful, most beautiful carnival that they have. I would love to do that. All right. Yeah. And especially for that, like, I want to target, you know, like we said, first towards like Haitian Americans, because they'll get it. They get on the ground, they use the music, the, the, the mask and everything. I'm going to have to try to make that happen. Yes, sir. So, Richard, thank you again. We totally appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. And we look forward to continuously looking at these trips that you're on and all the beautiful photos and videos and costumes. And you guys looked fabulous and you're all white, I must say. Yes. Thank you, guys. The pleasure was all mine. And, you know, you can reach out to me anytime. Don't be shy. (laughs) Don't be nervous. (laughs) I'm always available. No matter where I am in the world. Thank yes, you so much. Well, congratulations, Richard, to all your success, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore Abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.